Hi guys, I'm Marie. And I'm Maddie. And we're here recording Lost in the Woods. Yeah. Yep. So hopefully everybody had a good weekend. We went hiking with Hannah again. Yep, ready for that. <laughs> it was an interesting one. Get ready for that. I think our first hiking with Hannah will be posted here in another week maybe on our Patreon. So start looking for those. They'll be coming out. And when we post the Hiking with Hannah, I will post it in our story as well. But yeah, we didn't kill her, but there may have been some tears. There may have been some swearing. <laughs> we may have gotten flipped off. Multiple times. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Check out our Patreon if you haven't checked that out yet. We have Lots of stuff on there. We have we have so much stuff on there for you to binge. I know. And I'm not even kidding. Like, if you're up to date with us right now, you got, like, 30-plus things? Mm -hmm. Like, 30-plus things to listen to. I will to. say, though, the Bunker Talks are kind of hard to follow when you go backwards because you forget what the yeah. episode was about. So, last week, we released another episode on Patreon, and I think it was our second for our, our all-exclusive Patreon, it was our second episode just for them. Yeah, so if you're if you're needing more content, you know where to go. Yeah, and we also really appreciate your guys' support. So And you get a cute sticker. And you get a cute sticker. But yeah, come and check it out. So Maddie just got home from work. She's very cranky because she ordered these shoes and they don't fit her. And now she has to return them, which yes, I know is a hassle, but it's basically the end of the world. I also have dinner in the oven right now, so we have limited time, and I need her to snap out of it. I ordered these shoes, like, three weeks ago, I know, and I wanted to wear them for Halloween. Yeah, the shoes did take a long time to come. I get it. It's annoying, but... I ordered an entire half size bigger than my shoe, than my foot, because I was like, oh, I want them to be spacey so I can wear big socks with them. They're literally, like, an entire size too small. So Maddie's never had to return anything before, you guys. So this is going to be a life lesson as well. How the fuck do I return things? It's it's really easy. There's basically like a link and a description. You say why. They send you a label. So yeah, life lesson tomorrow. I'll teach Maddie how to return things on Amazon. So today we're going to be bringing you the story of Paula Lane. Yes. And her boyfriend. Roderick Clifton. Paula had 11-year-old twin boys, and Rod had three daughters of his own. And the couple had been dating for six months. Yeah, so kind of a newer relationship. I mean, I would say six months is newer, for adults anyway. I yeah. mean, that might not be... That would be, like, probably long-term for you, but for two adults, that's I don't know, I haven't new. dated anyone in years, so it's <laughs> not... I don't even know. <laughs> okay. So, on November 29, 2012, they were at Roderick's mother's house, and they were doing repairs and helping around the garden. They left her home in Citrus Heights, California, and headed home to Gardnerville, Nevada, which was about a two-and-a-half-hour drive. Okay, so not too bad. Yeah, that's not too bad. We drive way further than that for hiking sometimes. It was an overcast day, and it was about 60 degrees. Normally, they would have checked the weather before driving home through the Sierra Nevada mountain range, but for some reason, they didn't. Before leaving, Paula called her mom. It was mid-afternoon when they left. Rod had his four-wheel drive Jeep, 
and they were very familiar with the route. So the couple wasn't really worried about the drive, which I don't see why you would be with Jeep. It's two and a half hours, yeah. Two and a half hours. Yeah. Um, they were also both dressed in light fall clothes. Yep. Because for November, 60 degrees, I mean, obviously it doesn't get super cold. I mean, it's like 40 degrees. Yeah, I've had the heater on all week. We're sitting here with our heating blankets. We both have sweaters on and we're both still cold. So we need to get ourselves a space heater. And the the fireplace at my work won't be installed until November. Until no, after Thanksgiving. Yeah. I might be dying. You're going to die for sure. Okay. So Rod's mom had given them some items, one of which was a box of green tomatoes from her garden. I've never had green tomatoes, I don't think, but I want to try fried green tomatoes just because of the movie. What movie? There's a movie called Fried Green Tomatoes. It's an old movie. It's a good movie. They usually had a survival pack and blankets in their Jeep, but they had taken them out to make space for their things. So Which isn't too unusual. No, I mean, we have... So, like, in the back of our car, we have a crate, basically, that has a bunch of our hiking stuff in it, like food and different things like that. And then it does come out sometimes. Like, if we're going to the beach or we're going somewhere, we'll grab it and we'll pull it out so that we have more space in our trunk. So, yeah, yeah, not not terribly unusual. So, as the couple passed their favorite campground, which was Burside Lake, And this is off of Highway 88. So it's on their route that they're driving, Mm -hmm. but they're turning off of their route to go check out their favorite campsite. Kind of just drive up in there and check it out. One of the reasons why is they had this new Jeep and they thought it would be a good idea to go and kind of test it out in the snow. Because there's snow on the ground right now. Okay. There was a gate leading to this road and the road was closed. Oh, yeah. Why would you ever drive around a closed road sign? Well, I think their thought process was, oh, well, let's go down this road towards the lake where we've camped before, see how the Jeep handles the snow. It'll be in and out. I think it's like six miles from the road closed sign that they're driving around to the lake where they've camped. This road also only had one way in and one way out. So this was their only way in and out of this road. So basically, as they're driving down this road, it started snowing. So... You guys, they reached the lake around 7 p.m. The snow was getting deep and it was very cold. They decided that they better head back down. And as they did a three-point turn to head back, they heard a thump. The tire had gotten stuck in a hole. It was about three and a half feet deep. So they're stuck, right? It's cold snowing and they're stuck and it's 7 p.m. Rod tied the winch cable to a tree and tried to pull them out. After three failed attempts, the cable snapped. Paula found some logs and hitched them under the car. She also tried to jump up and down on the bumper. Which I've done on a car that's stuck in the snow. Jumped up and down on the bumper. And sand, too. I've done it in sand. Uh, Sand, that'd be interesting. So at this point, it had started to snow heavily. After four hours, they decided to get back in the car and warm up. They figured the storm would be gone by morning. And Paula did tell Rod that night that she didn't want to die. Okay, so on December 1st, Friday morning, at dawn, again they tried to free the car and they were unable to. They decided that one of them would have to go for help. Rod immediately volunteered. Paula thought that she should go. She had better clothes, but Rod insisted that it should be him. 
she couldn't do anything about his wet motorcycle pants, but she cut plastic bags and wrapped it around his feet and taped it because he was only wearing tennis shoes. Yeah, you guys, tennis shoes are going to be so wet so fast, especially when the snow is this deep. She then put her own socks over the bags because he also didn't have socks or warm socks. I'm not sure which one, but either way, she gave him her socks. And her ski mask. Yep. So they kissed each other and said they loved each other. And at 9.09 a.m., Rod left to go for help. Paula actually suggested that they stay together and ride out the storm, but he decided to go anyway. Because at this point, even at 9 o'clock in the morning, it's still snowing. There is still a storm going on. So as he walked away from the car, Paula actually rolled down her window and yelled, Please, let's just wait and ride this out together. It's smarter. He threw up his hands in the air like, Nah, I got this, and continued walking. Paula knew that she would never see him again. It would turn out to be the worst part of the storm rolling in at that time. With very little gas and no cell service, Paula started to panic. There was a CB radio in the Jeep. She could hear voices. No one seemed to hear her. She screamed into the radio, I'm stuck out here in the wilderness. This is not a joke. I'm not a child. Yeah, I think maybe she was worried that people thought it was a prank or something because that does happen on CB radios a lot where kids will get into a radio or they'll tap in through their walkie-talkies or other things and a lot of people think it's just a joke when they hear calls for help on a CB radio. So if somebody did hear her they might have thought it was a joke. They were reported missing by Paula's mom. They were supposed to stop at her house for dinner on their way home but they didn't show up and she couldn't reach her daughter at all. She was also watching her boys so she's just like, her daughter just hasn't come home. She has her grandkids. Yeah, so basically, from what I understand, they were supposed to stop by at her house on their way home, have dinner, pick up the boys, and go home. Yeah, you guys, and her sons were actually in the other room and heard her entire call to 911. They are 11. I know. Can you imagine being 11, though, and hearing your grandma call the police to say, you think something's wrong? I can't even imagine. That's like Cordy's age. So on December 2, which is Saturday now, by 9 a.m., Rod had been gone for a full day now. Paula went into survival mode. So she scoured the car for anything that she could use to aid in her survival. She tore up some paper and put them into an empty beer can that she had found under the seat of the car. She poured some motor oil in and added some stones that she had collected earlier and she set the paper on fire. It was a short, fast burn, but it was enough to warm up the stones, and then she put them into the inner pockets of her jacket. Smart. Yeah, it, I guess she had like a rock collection at home, and so when she found cool rocks, she would just pick them up and put them in her pocket, and so that's why she even had these rocks in her pocket. The snowstorm continued to rage outside. She rubbed her feet every half an hour to make sure that she kept circulation going. Yeah, because you really don't want to be getting frostbite. My fingers and toes would already be doomed. Yeah, no, you'd they'd already be, you'd already lost your toes. And yeah, your they'd be gone. Yeah, I have a condition, you guys, where when I get cold, my body starts stealing the warmth from my fingers and toes. They turn completely white. So basically, her body's completely dramatic and decides that a little bit of cold is survival mode and that she needs to cut off blood flow to her extremities. Yeah, because they're unnecessary. So I would be in big trouble in this situation for sure. 
Oh, she ate one of the green tomatoes and as much snow as she could handle. So I don't know if you guys know this, but it's actually really hard for your body. It burns a lot of calories to melt snow so that your body can actually use it. So it's kind of counterproductive sometimes to eat snow because it will burn calories if you're on rationed food. Well, she doesn't have any options. So she could try to melt it, but it's so cold in the car, there's no way to melt it. So it's really her only option. But I would imagine she's probably bloody starving by now. It takes about 80 calories to melt one gram of snow, where a quarter teaspoon of sugar weighs about a gram. So that's not very much snow. No. And a whole green tomato has about 42 calories in it. So her body is spending almost double, is burning almost double the amount of calories to melt that snow that she's actually taking in with her one green tomato that she's rationed for herself. December 3rd, so Sunday, the storm finally broke. Paula decided with the break in the storm that she would attempt the six-mile trek back to the main road. She donned every piece of clothing that she could find in the car, made up word. She wrapped her fingers with tissue and masking tape, then put on her thin gloves. Which is all she had in the car. Yeah, so remember that she's not dressed for this, and she did the same with her feet, but I assume that she's also not wearing very good snowshoes. No, I don't think so. But she basically is using, she basically made socks out of tissue paper. Because remember, she doesn't have her socks. She gave them to Roderick. Ugh. And I gotta say, the covering them in tape was really smart. Yeah, water resistant a little bit. At least a little bit, right? Like, it'll give her a little bit. It probably won't help with the cold, but it might help with, yeah. Like, insulation, kind of, yeah. Smart, smart. So she filled her backpack with a knife, flashlight, tomatoes, whatever's left of the tomatoes, I should say, a pill box that had Benadryl, ibuprofen, and aspirin in it. Which I don't know how much those things are going to help you. I mean, the ibuprofen and aspirin might do you some good. Benadryl, I don't know what you're going to do with the Benadryl, but Mm. basically she's taking everything in the car. That can possibly help her. That can possibly help her, which isn't much. They don't have a lot with them. I would say basically take as much ibuprofen and aspirin as you physically can the entire time. Right, I know. Try to block out some of your pain receptors. I don't think it's going to help, yeah. So she got out of the car... And almost immediately, another storm whipped through, and she got back into the Jeep. It was the coldest day, and ice had begun to form on the windows. I'm not okay with that. So now she's back in the car, because she's like, I can't walk in this. It's not possible. It, I'm going to die if I try to leave right now. So she gets back into the Jeep. And it's at this point, you guys, that she uses the last of her battery in her phone to make a goodbye video. She was convinced at this point that Rod had not survived because she feels like help would have been there if he had. She also believed at this point that she was not gonna survive either. So the video she made was for her 82-year-old mom and her 11-year-old twin sons. And we're going to play some of that video for you. Oh my God, no, we're not. (laughs) I'm not listening to it. You can talk. I'm not listening to that. I'm not. You can talk about it. I don't want to hear it. I'm serious. Okay, so this is one of those this is one of those times where you can distract yourself with a task, maybe run some water, take a little break, go get a snack if you don't want to hear the video. It can be tough to hear. Maddie's I I know. I don't want to hear Maddie's it. going to be plugging her ears. So, here you go. Uh, I'm on my voice. 
Um, it is now Sunday morning and snow has not let up. It's about six and a half feet deep, I think. And I'm held up here in the Jeep. Um, I'm eating a green tomato a day. I'm eating as much snow as I can remember to. And trying to stay warm. I just want to come home. <laughs> Run, that's Friday morning. Today's Sunday. Run, that's Friday morning to come get out, but didn't come back. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know if he got hypothermia and frostbite. Or if some critter got him. But I can't walk out in this because I don't have the clothing. And, um, I mean, I feel fine. I'm not delirious. And I just have a hard time keeping my feet warm because I don't have any socks. I have them taped up with toilet paper underneath them. And, uh, I just want to see my babies and my mom. I'm so sorry. This has happened. But, as soon as the sun comes out, I'm going to have to try to make it. It's seven miles and six feet of snow. I don't think I'm going to do so well, but nobody's ever going to find me here at Burnside Lake. When we were coming home, Rod wanted to see what that white little tent-looking building was. Um, across uh, Highway 88 at the end of 89. It's a new rental place, I guess, for leads or whatever. And then he insisted on going around the gate to take a drive up here. He wanted to drive in the snow and his Jeep. And when we went to turn around, we got really badly stuck. Um, had enough gas just to turn it on a few times just to get us warm. And without the battery, which is dead, you can't honk the horn. So things just kept getting worse and worse. And he didn't come back. <laughs> oh god, I feel so bad. I tried to insist on him waiting a day to go out and he didn't know we gotta go now. <laughs> so we left. Okay. So now you get to talk about the video. Because okay, so. I <laughs> It Maddie, was refusing to listen to it. Maddie did not listen to the video. I so basically don't want that in my brain ever. So no. so basically, here's the gist of the video. Sobbing, you guys. She told her sons to stay away from drugs and alcohol. She said, "I'm so sorry. Your mom got herself into this position." Uh, I literally, I don't even know what I would say if I had to make a video like this. Okay, so also during this time. This is the first time that Paula cries since this entire ordeal started. And I think that's just admitting to a camera or thinking about her sons hearing this video, thinking about the fact that she's talking to her mom and her sons. I can get the not crying about the whole thing because I don't think I would. No. I don't think I no. would be crying. I think I would be in more of a... Shock. Pe- more of a shock. Shock, yeah. Probably. I probably wouldn't cry. Yeah. Until I was like, oh yeah, well, you know, probably dead. I'd probably start crying when my fingers started falling off. I think I would still have my fingers at this point. You would, you would. Okay, so, so at this point, you guys, searchers are also out searching. So Luis, Rod's mom, 
was out searching as well and even drove by the road that they were on. Mm. Can you imagine? But remember, nobody is searching up this road because it's closed. So the Forest Service actually closed this road because of the coming storm. Rescue crews, family, nobody is searching up this road. And this is why you never go past a road close sign or when you're hiking, never go past a closed area, which we did yesterday. (laughs) Okay, fair enough though. Seriously. Oh, and also Paula's brother is out searching every single day. He is like morning till night, not giving up, searching every day. But again, nobody is searching on this road. So December 4th, 4th. Or December 4th, however you want to say it. 4th. T-H. 4th. December 4th, which is now Monday, she realized it was warmer outside the car than inside. Can you even imagine? I... I'm trying to think, like, I have been, I've slept in my car in trailhead parking lots before, or like when I summited Mount St. Helens, I slept in the car. And I do remember, like, when I went to get out of the car, I thought it was going to be cold. And I got out of the car and I was not colder. And I was like, oh, I did not realize it was so cold in the car. Because you can't imagine being in a survival situation and realizing that your shelter is colder than the elements outside. So she knew at this point that she had to leave the car. She swallowed the aspirin. She figured thinning her blood might help her in the cold. I don't know if that's actually true. Eh, someone tell us. I don't want to look it up. Someone just just comment on our post for this. I mean, I know taking aspirin thins your blood, but does having thinner blood help you in the cold? Okay, so it was still snowing. And she struggled to even open the car door because it had basically been buried in the snow. Oh my gosh. Like, I don't even know how you walk out of a situation like that. And I mean, this was a really bad storm. Within 20 minutes of leaving the car, Paula was throwing up blood. Which can be a sign of dehydration, by the way. Other signs of dehydration, which Paula is surely suffering from at this point. Oh, definitely. So fatigue, your urine being dark yellow. She's probably not even peeing, though, because she's so dehydrated. Uh, Sudden lightheadedness, heart rate increase, overheating. So overheating is kind of a crazy one. That's a sign of hypothermia, too. Muscle cramps, constipation. You also, no tears. You're parched. Your mouth is dry. Your lips are dry. You can get headaches, dry skin, strange food cravings, which that's kind of a weird one. Delusion. Yeah. Bad breath and feeling drunk. All signs of dehydration. You're telling me that if I dehydrate myself, I can get the illusion of being drunk? You can. Well, for extreme dehydration, I would not recommend doing that. Yeah. (laughs) You could just drink to get yourself drunk. Why do you need to dehydrate yourself? I was making it. It was funny. That was funny. (laughs) I was just making a funny comment. Okay. Was it? One thing that I would literally... So... The dry lips. I have a severe psychotic issue with chapstick. Anyone who knows me can tell you this. 
if my lips even like I feel like I need to put chapstick on right now because we're just talking about it but I think about like these small inconveniences like how chapped my lips feel right now because I literally feel like I might have to go get chapstick right now just power through it but imagine like that's just one minor inconvenience that Mm -hmm. you have one minor pain or uncomfortable or whatever that you have I I just I can't even imagine so about three hours into her walk, it started sleeting, not which fine. is not because now she's going to be wet as well. It's not just normal snow, right? She's going to be wet as well. So her hands were frozen at this point, and she even considered taking her clothes off so that she would die faster. After three hours, this is her thought process. Then she saw a hollow tree lying on its side. And decided to take shelter because another storm is coming in right now. That's what's happening. That's why they're asleep. So she slips into the tree, the hollow tree, feet first. You guys, her head wouldn't fit. So she put her backpack over her head. So she took that backpack and she put it over her head and the rest of her body is in this tree. It smelled really bad from the rotting wood. And there was a nest of spiders in there that were biting her the entire time she was in there biting her like I'd probably crawl out take my clothes off and die in the snow like no thank you I don't like that I don't like spiders I don't like any of this at all so as the storm returned this forced her to spend the entire next day in the tree that night she took all of the ibuprofen and the Benadryl so there were about five or six of each which is ironic because it's the only night that she didn't sleep I'm going to be able to sleep in a tree log. Not with spiders biting me. And it's still, it's not like she's warm now, you guys. It's not like she's sheltered. She, her head is still out of this tree stump, log, mm-hmm. whatever. She's being bitten by spiders. She's still cold. Like, this does not solve her problems. Okay, so December 5th, Tuesday, she stayed in the stump sleeping all day. Yep. December 6th, which is Wednesday, she crawled out of the tree And she actually hurt her ankle and her knee in the process. So now she's injured. Add that to the list. This actually led to her crawling instead of walking. So while she's crawling along, and imagine this visually. So she basically took her backpack and was using it to like crawl herself forward. So she was like hands on her backpack and then she put her backpack forward and then she dragged herself to it. And then again and again right? And while doing this, she came across fresh mountain lion tracks. And then she came across Roderick. He was laying on his back. His shirt was off. He had his arms crossed over his chest. He was dead. Paula thought he looked peaceful. I cannot even imagine. No, I can't even imagine. Like, Obviously, so remember, one of the signs of dehydration is you start to feel hot. It's also a sign of hypothermia, too. Mm -hmm. And you start taking your clothes off. So that's probably why his shirt is off. Awful. Awful. So she cried and talked to him for about 30 minutes. And she told him that she had to go and that she would tell his kids what happened if she could. So she spent the next three hours crawling faster than ever. She couldn't feel her hands or her feet. And around 6.30, it started to rain. She curled into a ball and cried. 
I can't even imagine. I literally can't imagine this. I mean, I I can't. So that's at 6.30. And then at 8.30, she heard what sounded like a truck. She started screaming and whistling. And you guys, it was her brother, Gary. He had commandeered a tractor in order to search up Burside Road. He had headed up the road toward the lake. And he heard her whistling. He said, I've seen her give many different looks in her life, but right there, that was the best one I've ever seen. And you guys, she was still four miles from the road. So she'd only made it two miles. So in all of this time, she had only made it two miles before she was ready to give up. And there's no way she would have made it to the road. She had four miles to go. And that means that Rod only made it two miles, two miles before dying. Yep. Or if even that. Because he left in a snowstorm. And by the way, when I say he commandeered this tractor, he stole it. Because his truck wouldn't make it up the road. Okay. (laughs) Basically, what her brother said was that no matter what anybody said, he knew she was alive and he knew he had to find her. And he had searched everywhere that he could think to search. And when he was driving by that road, he remembered that she had camped there before. And thought, maybe, maybe they would have gone this way. So he turned onto the road and was driving up it when he found her crawling down the road. Actually, she was curled in a ball at this point, but still. So Rod had died of hypothermia. He also had THC and methamphetamines in his system. What? Yep. So there's no way of knowing whether or not that contributed to anything. And she says that, Paula says that they did not do any drugs when they were driving or up there. So she's not sure how he ended up with the drugs in his system or if it had happened beforehand or while he was out there. She's not really sure. This is crazy. So she had frostbite on her knees, her fingers, and her heel. She had soft tissue damage from the frostbite and kidney complications from being dehydrated and malnutritioned. But it was the mental side of it that she was having the most trouble dealing with knowing that rod had lost his life trying to save hers and it took her over a year before she finally started counseling i mean i imagine it would just be awful awful i mean talk about survivor's guilt i really think that's like to the max i mean i don't know the fact that her brother kept looking for her the fact that he's the one that found her long after the official searches had been called off. They weren't looking for her anymore. She was presumed dead at this point or missing or that maybe they took off or something like that happened because they couldn't find her anywhere. And not only that, so even if when the storm ended, a helicopter flew over the area, the car was so buried that it probably wouldn't have seen it. So that's one thing. If you get lost, if you break down somewhere, First off, make sure your car stays cleared of snow, right? Like that's kind of important. But second off, I mean, it's actually safer, I think, to stay with your car and not try to leave. But if your car's in an area where you know nobody is coming, yeah. I mean, she really didn't have a choice. Some things that you should be keeping in your car, right? Blankets or a blanket at least. Yep. Zero degree blanket, wool blanket, some Some sort of blanket. So... There's a couple things that this can help with, right? It not only can it keep you warm if you get into a situation, but you can also use it for traction. 
So say your tires get stuck in the snow, your tires get stuck in the sand, your tires get stuck in the mud, whatever. You can actually use a blanket or, I mean, you could even use a sweater, a jacket. You could use the um, mats in your car to try to help get yourself out. So if you wedge those under your tire, your car can actually get traction onto it rather than continuing to spin. I remember last year during the big snowstorms, I got stuck and my car was on a hill and I couldn't, I couldn't move. I could not. My car was stuck. I was like sitting there in the middle of the road with my brake on in the road. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm stuck. I'm Mm -hmm. stuck. I'm stuck. I'm stuck. And luckily, actually, this lady was outside playing with her kids in the snow. She was like, do you need help? And I was like, help would be amazing. And she brought out kitty litter. Put it underneath yep. my tires. Uh-huh. The lady came out, helped push my car with the cat litter underneath yep. my tires. So cat litter is another thing that you could keep in your car for survival reasons. However, that's kind of an inconvenient thing to have in your car at all times. But I don't know. I a keep, good option. I keep the cat litter that I have right now that I'm using for blue. I just put that in my car and get new litter. Get new litter. Because yeah. that litter doesn't work. So n- not a bad idea. Also keeping emergency food is super, super important. We always have food in our car. Rather, it's granola bars. Usually it's like the granola bar or the protein bar that we buy and nobody really likes and it just gets like shuffled to the back of the car somehow for like emergency hikes or like sometimes we literally will be like somewhere and we'll be like, oh, we should go on a hike and we just go. And that has actually been very helpful for us to have that emergency supply in the car. That is true. Mm Mm-hmm. So I think right now we have those, what, what, they're, they're yellow. They're from Costco. They're like the fast something. They have like no sugar and calories, but they're really sweet. I don't really understand it. Do you know what I'm talking about? They're yellow. They're like called fast track or fast something. Your dad gets them. That's why Cordy told me to buy them or something. Nobody likes them. So they've ended up in the back of the car, the entire box. And we've had to use them from time to time. Or when the kids are in the car and they're like, I'm starving. And I'm like, eat a granola bar. And they're like, those are gross. And I'm like, then you're not starving. (laughs) Boom. Boom. That's also a helpful trick when you don't keep junk food in your house and your kids are like, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. And you tell them to eat something. And they're like, I don't want to eat carrots. And you're like, well, then you're not hungry enough. Madison's flipping me off right now. Literally her entire life, literally her entire life has been a series of something like that. It's funny. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, so basically that's the story of Paula Lane. She made it home to her children. Roderick did not make it home to his, which is so sad and so awful. But I don't, I mean, I just cannot even survive. I mean, surviving something like that is crazy. Side note, did you hear about, this is off topic, but did you hear about the girl who was found in, uh, Zion National Park? No. So she'd been missing for two weeks. I I had three different people send me a link to this story this week. So basically, so it's a Woodland Hills hiker who was reported missing for two weeks in Zion National Park. So basically she had taken a shuttle into the park and disappeared. Her name's Holly. She's 38, kind of irrelevant. But it's very strange. So she was reported missing on October 8th according to National Park Services. She was found safely when they received a credible tip from a park visitor who said they had seen her within the park. 
This led to her rescue. And it says here, so she was an experienced hiker. She had gone hiking in the National Park because she had lost her job as a nanny during the pandemic. And so she thought it was a perfect opportunity to go and hike the park, which she's always wanted to do. So she was found in a thickly vegetated area along the Virgin River. So she was able to leave of her own capability with minimal assistance and was sent home to her family. How long was she missing? Like two weeks. She didn't have to go to the hospital? No. Well, her family drove her to the hospital. Search and Rescue did not. So basically, her sister... So there's like confusing, conflicting things. Her sister said that she lost roughly 15 to 18 pounds during her nearly two-week stay. And that she did not drink any water throughout her time there. You can't live two weeks without water. Thank you. Exactly. You physically can't. It's even though impossible. I know, even though she was found along the Virgin River. She had said that she thought her best chance of survival was to stay next to a water source, but she didn't drink any of the water because she knew it would be dangerous because that you can't drink water from this river. It's not safe, right? But a sheriff's search and rescue sergeant says discrepancies and questions are not adding up here. So he said because the sister, the sister tried to say that she had a head injury and that was why she was lost out there, that she had hit her head on something. So Search and Rescue said that if she had a head, head injury, that rescuers would have taken specific measures. If we had found somebody in that condition with that kind of severe head injury, we would have at minimum called for a transport agency to check her out, which they did not do. So no ambulance, nothing was called for her by search and rescue. Seems suspicious to me. Right? I don't know. I just, I find it really weird and suspicious. Like the wording of the original report when she was found and then the discrepancy between what her family is saying and what search and rescue is saying. Mm-hmm. Like there's something going on here. It's weird. It's super weird. I don't know. Let me know what you guys, if, if anybody's heard of that story or what came from that, I'd be curious to know because it's very, very strange. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And by the way, you cannot live 14 days without water, so... It doesn't work like that. Maybe her sister's misinformed. I don't know. I'm not really sure, but I think it's very strange. But yeah, anyway, so survival's possible, right? I guess. You can survive. Yeah. You can survive if your car gets trapped in a ditch in a snowstorm. I just can't believe that she survived that long. No, I can't. Her survivor guilt? And his poor kids. She did like an interview with um, 2020 Dateline, something like that. And they took her back to the scene. And she actually demonstrated for them with a backpack, like how she drug herself along the snow bank to keep herself from like sinking into the snow, how she like used her backpack to drag herself. That's terrible. I know. But yeah, that's the story of Paula Lane. This is kind of a shorter one. Yeah, thanks for listening. Oh, yeah, our Patreons. Yes. So, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, you guys. But, yeah, we really appreciate everybody who's supported us so far and all of our new Patreons who we're going to read off right now and butcher multiple names. Yes. All right, so we have Kimberly Hutchinson. Thanks, Kimberly. What is that? Carl Rumpf. Carl Rumpf. 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 Is the F silent? Is the P silent? Which one is silent? I don't know. Thanks, Carl. <laughs> Sorry, we don't know how to pronounce your name. I also have a headache, so like literally from here, I cannot read the screen. And then we have Sean Goodrue. 
I think Goodrow. Goodrow. I don't know. I am sorry. Goodru- we are so bad at names, you guys. This is and and I will say that for our episodes, we actually almost every strange name we look up and we still we still and try it. to like figure out how to say it. Like we listen to like twenty different people saying that name and we still butcher it somehow. Thank you, Sean. And then we have Shani Fossum. We know her. Maybe. Yeah. Hi, Maybe. Shani. Maybe. <laughs> Thank you, Shani, for supporting us. We have Kelsey Bits. Biz? Biz? Bets. Bets. Kelsey Bets. I would think Bets. I have. Yeah. It's like B E T Z. That looks like Bets to me. I, I can't read, so I don't know. Okay. And then we have Christine Bonim. Yep. Bonim? Yeah, that looks right to me. Bonum, 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 Bonum. People have such cool names. Christy Bonum, Bonum. I don't know. We also have. Fuck, this is the one I need to look up. Sneha Sidnu. I don't know if that's right. That I is... actually, you want to know what's funny? I did her card today, and in her card, I wrote, "P.S. I hope we don't mess up your name too bad." <laughs> But yeah, so that's our new Patreons. Thank you so, so much. I hope you guys enjoyed your little Halloween treat that we dropped in there for you, which was an episode. It sounds like I gave them candy. There's no candy. We dropped an episode for you. Sorry if that sounded a little misleading. But <laughs> but yeah, thank you guys. Um, we've gotten some suggestions for our Patreon episodes, um, including maybe a bunk or two are coming up. So... Oh, Look out for that. Tour, yes. Which, by the way, the bunker, you guys, is so, so small. So you're going to so be small. like, you're going to be like, oh, that's it? Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank you to our Patreons. You guys are so flipping amazing. We really, really appreciate you guys supporting us. And, I, I mean, just making it so that we can continue doing this. It, yeah. It's amazing. So, that would be awesome. It is awesome. It is awesome. You should join Patreon if you're not. If you don't know this, we should say this at the beginning of an episode sometime. All of our interruptions are at the end. There's going to be some good ones today, I think. Yes. I would stick to the end because you will hear me storm out of the room. Both of us, actually. You will hear us run for a mysterious yes. reason that you have to go listen to the end of the podcast yeah. about. But if you like listening to those two, our bunker talks are kind of a little bit like that. A lot more candid, a lot of craziness going on, a lot of opinions, things like that. So you'll probably like the bunker talks too. Or hike. Or hiking. Or hiking with Hannah. Or that hiking with Hannah. one is entertaining, I think so. I think it's entertaining too. But I'm I don't know. Hannah. I mean, I drank last time, so... <laughs> I don't know. We have a new hiking with Hannah to record actually right now. Okay, but yeah, thanks for supporting us, you guys. You're amazing. Thanks for listening. And we will see you later. See you later. Thanks, Patreons, for supporting my mommy and my sister. Bye. Oh, she looks amazing. I love her. Shut the door, Phoenix. The All right, go back in before the kitty gets out. Oh, shit. Shit, shit, shit. The garage door's open.
Okay, so so the cat, in case you missed what just happened, Phoenix came in to interrupt us because she drew a Rapunzel. And by the way, to get to the bunker, I don't know if you've realized this, but you have to go out the door to the garage into the next, so the, so you know, you're, there's like a double door. It's like a double door, basically. So there's like there's the like garage a hallway door. in between the house. Yeah, and so the like bunker. the normal garage door where you just, in any other house, you'd open the garage, you'd go down a set of stairs into the garage, right? But in our house, you open the garage door, and right in front of you is another door. You open that door, and it's that actually you... it is a little on the creepy side. It is a little <laughs> weird. It is weird. But we'll... so Phoenix came in to show us Rapunzel. She left the house door open. As we're standing there looking at Rapunzel, I see the cat book it out the door. The into garage, the garage. Door, but the garage door to the outside is open right now. Yeah, the outside of our house is being painted right now. Shocking that we are doing more construction. I know. <laughs> But then, because she, she wants to go outside so bad, but she's too small. She weighs actually four pounds now. Yeah, but she's still really small. We were literally just talking about owls. But she, yeah. she like, ran into the garage and then was hiding from us. She wouldn't come out. So that's what just happened there. <laughs> Phoenix, are you enjoying having a cat? Yes. What do you love about having a cat? I like playing with her and feeding her and Playing with her and feeding her? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what else? What's her favorite toy? Her favorite toy is her squeaky toys, the flying pig, and dinosaurs, and the dinosaur with the feathers, and um, her mousy. Does she have more toys than you? I don't know. <laughs> she has a lot of toys, huh? Yeah. Well, just for a thought, every time I go to the pet store, I buy my cat a toy. Yeah, Maddie stopped at the pet store last night. We just needed dry food. That was it. And she came home with, hold on, a bag of dry food, which I'm surprised actually that she didn't forget. But she also came home with a kitten harness, which disaster, but anyway. And then she came home with like a pink flying pig toy that makes this really obnoxious sound. When you um, like hit it, you have to hit toy. it. It's a squeaky toy. And That's then it, what I was it's a cat about. squeaky toy though. It's not like you squeeze it and it squeaks like a dog toy. It's like you hit it and it squeaks. Yeah, it's like a like it's, a mouse. Yeah, it's like a mouse noise. And then another mouse, right? Of course. Yeah. I always, I always get mice. She really likes these really tiny, like, <laughs> 99 cent mice. Yeah, there's a pink one, a white one, and a gray one. Those are the three colors the pet store has, and she carries them around like they're real mice that she just killed. Yeah, she also. literally, like, puts it in her mouth, drags it somewhere, and then beats it up, and then picks it up and moves it somewhere else, beats it up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. She's going to be killing things before we know it. Yes. Probably. Yeah. I mean, I showed her a frog and she tried to murder it. Yeah, I don't know what you were thinking showing her the frog. <laughs> I want to see what she would do because she she's like afraid of everything, but like, she's no, get, she was not gonna anymore. Kill. No, but she's it was getting, when she was younger. Yeah, yeah. She was afraid of it for like three seconds and then she was like, wait, I can eat this. <laughs> no. <laughs> she ate a bug the other day, didn't she? Yes. Yeah, she ate a fly. Yeah, she ate a fly the other day. Well, she like was like that and it was. Then it was like, like, it was like, not very much like flying, and then she swallowed, and then she swallowed half of it, and then she ate it. Oh. Okay, so what happened was someone else had injured the fly by smacking it with something in the house earlier in the I day. did it with a paper towel roll, and but it, it escaped from me. <laughs> and then we found on the ground, showed the cat where it was, she played, she like played with it, was like afraid of it, like didn't know what she was going to do with it, and then she like picked it up. Took it into the hallway, the dark hallway, and then murdered it. it. <laughs> she ate it. 
she played with it for a minute as it was on its back trying to fly but couldn't fly because my mom injured it. I, I and then she ordered to it. Kill it. She ate humanely, it mainly, but well, it got eaten by a cat. So <laughs> well, you didn't injure it. The cat did. She ate it. She swallowed it. Well, but the reason the cat was able to do that is because mommy injured it by hitting it with a paper towel roll. Yes. <laughs> but she ate the fly. She definitely one hundred percent ate the fly. It it was real. It happened. And I'm sure that's not going to be the last bug she kills and eats. It will not be the last bug that she kills and eats. Yes, because she's probably going to kill and eat another one. She's going to be a murderer, you think? You think she'll get a mouse? When she's bigger, she'll probably I'm afraid get a the... real mouse from outside. I'm afraid for the neighbor's chickens, I'm... if I'm being honest. <laughs> I'm afraid for the bunnies. Oh, we have a lot of bunnies around our house. Yeah. Like... I was driving early, early yesterday morning. I was drugged to the gym, and I was super hungover. It was real bad. By the way, going to the gym when you're hungover, um, no thanks, not fun. I walked on, or I did the bicycle for like 10 minutes, and then I went and did an arm workout, and then I stretched and did abs. And then the person I went to the gym with, Shed, was still not done. He had like another 40 minutes left. And so I was like up on the treadmill walking at like a two pace, just trying not to throw up. <laughs> I was like, why? And then on the way home, it was still kind of dark out. We, I, I think in our neighborhood, I saw like seven bunnies. Also, we have a bunch of owls. Did I tell you I was sitting in my bedroom with my window open the other day? And um, I heard an owl in our backyard. Oh, in our backyard? Yeah. Oh. And I put... I put I've, her I've heard it, but I haven't seen it. Um. Well, yeah. Everybody knows the porch story. I've told that on here before. And then, the oh yeah yeah the where owl. the yeah. cat got on the front porch and, and then the I brought owl. her inside yeah. and then my friend was leaving and was like, called me, it from like the front of our house and was like dude an owl just landed in your front yard I'm not even kidding like a big ass white owl landed in your yeah. front yard yeah and I've seen multiple owls in our neighborhood like one flew over my car I've almost hit one before and then there was one just chilling on the side of the road once I hit one with my car once. Did I tell you that? When yes. We, I think I said that when you told the owl yeah. story. But there was one in our backyard, and I put her on the windowsill, and she was, like, looking out the window because the screen was open, and then she heard the owl perked up. <laughs> and then stared, and then heard it again, and then was just, she was beefing about it. Nice. But then she tried to claw my screen, and I had to throw her. Also, Phoenix yells at me anytime I do anything to the cat. So, like, she was on my lap, mm-hmm. clawing the ever-living shit out of me because she wanted attention she wanted to play and I was editing so I had my laptop off front of me so I picked her up and I dropped her on the ground from the couch from where I was sitting on the couch and Phoenix flipped out on me she was like mom you're gonna hurt her why'd you throw her Phoenix you should never see me and the cat at night in my bed because I can tell you I Definitely throw her. Are you very protective of your my kitty? Bed. Yeah, she's zero. She is zero. Zero is any age before one. That's our reality. We're not trying to correct it. Yep. It's fine. I don't know. The cat's aggressive as hell with me, but that's because I... You let her. Because she's not aggressive with me. Well, that's because I play with her when she does get aggressive, especially like yeah. at night. And I use a toy. I only play with a toy with her. And then if she gets But on... the thing is, is that it's weird because it's like she knows I'll play with her, so she'll like... She plays yeah. with me, but like with everyone else, she's like gently biting. But I don't know. I like yeah. smack her in the face and stuff, and like play with her. I want to <laughs> smack her in the face. 
Oh, Sina, you're getting scolded. That's you not very seen, nice. You should have seen Phoenix's face when I said that. She was like, "You just smack her in the face." I just bop her on the top of the head. Naughty. Say naughty. And she tries to bite me. I'm just playing with her. She claws me. I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like that either. <laughs> I'm just playing with the cat. No, you're bopping her on the head. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not, Maddie. like, smacking her. <laughs> it's like this. Oh! <laughs> that would hurt way more bad to the cat. She's zero and her bones are more fragile because she is a cat. That's actually true, Madison. That is true, but I just... <laughs> Ow. Not nice for a cat. Not nice. Well, they disapprove. She disapproves. The five-year-old disapproves of how I play with the cat, so. All right, Phoenix, do you want to say anything else to our listeners before me and Maddie finish and you go? I don't know. You don't know? It's really cool that you guys live so far away. Do you want to go to those faraway places? Yeah, but only when I'm bigger, I can. Yeah, when you're a little bigger. She cries every time she sees us, our Paris photos. Oh my gosh, so I made this video of Maddie and I when we were in Paris. And it's just like a fun little video of like our hike and our time there and stuff. And Phoenix cries every time she sees it because she wants to go. And because we went to Paris without her. Isn't that so sad? It's so sad. I'm sorry. Maybe we'll maybe we'll post the Paris video for you guys. I think we're going to do like a little fun like bunker talk on our trip in Paris too. That'll be fun. Yeah. Say bye to our listeners. Bye. Oh, your hair will, because if you wash your hair every day, your hair thinks it needs more oils because you're stripping it of those oils, of those natural oils. I do wash my hair every day. Which means you strip your hair. I am not one of those people that can like spend days. I mean, my sisters will spend literally days without washing their hair. Yeah, so do I. I can't do it. I can't. Well, I can't handle into... the icky feeling of dry shampoo in my hair, and I can't handle leaving the house without showering either. Well, then it's fine because you just strip your hair of its natural oils, which means that your hair gets greasy faster because it overproduces oil. It does get greasy if I don't shower in a day. Yeah. But I have to. I have to shower. I can't do it. I'm not that person. That sucks. <laughs> for your hair. <laughs> does it? Yeah. Is there, like, proven fact that says it's bad for me to wash my hair every day? Yeah, look it up. What What is the statistic on that? And look why it would it be bad for my hair? Okay. I'll you if you look it up. It says, um, for the average person, every other day or every two to three days without washing is generally fine. There's no blanket recommendation. If your hair is visibly oily, scalp is itchy, or there's flaking due to dirt... Those are signs it's time to shampoo. That's what WebMD says. What does it say about is it healthier? It doesn't say. I think it's all a myth. Shampooing less often is more of a personal preference. Some people may experience itching when they wash less frequently. But for the most part... (laughs) My head never itches like that. Right, but obviously people's hair is dirty enough that their scalp is itching. I find that very concerning. All you dry shampooers out there, how many days before your head starts itching? I want to know. She she got every piece of clothing that she could domed. find. It's domed. That's that not, means putting on. She domed. 
Yeah, she doned every piece of clothing in the car. Can we use normal words? That is a normal word. No, it's not. Why is that not a normal word? She can't. She doned every piece of clothing. It sounds very believable. Like it's very real. It's very much so a real word. I'm not saying it's not a real word, but why what? use it? I've never heard that used before. Because it means to to like put it all on. Hi. Okay. What's you, how much? How, why are you wearing shorts? <laughs> She's... Are so you psychotic? She was out riding her bike in those. I saw you pull up. What's wrong with you? You're in shorts. Okay, go check the oven. Go check the food. Make sure you shut the garage door ah, so the cat doesn't. Make sure you shut that door so the. It's it's it, the food's in there, so just make sure it's not burning. Close the door. Close make the garage door too. The fuck is she wearing shorts for? I don't know. She's crazy. She's psychotic. She's wearing shorts. I know. So I don't understand the problem with don't. Have you never said that? Like. No, you've never said that. <laughs> I've never said that. You should have seen the look I was Wait, giving my mother. Have you never heard that, though? She doned on some clothes? Well, she didn't don on some clothes. She don't. She doned on. She doned every piece of clothing in the car. No, never heard that. Hmm. Nope. Okay, well. I read at probably like a fifth grade reading level, so <laughs> I don't know that word. The last chapter book I read, I'm pretty sure, was like The Magic Tree House. I honestly did not think there was going to be a word in this one that tripped you up. There, Apparently right there. I was wrong. <laughs> I thought it was a... I thought it was spell check. I thought that's what was happening. You thought it was like an autocorrect issue or yes. something? Okay, that's fine. Okay, go. Okay, so... Definitely drinking vodka now. Vodka warms you up, right? No. I feel a little warmer. Well, because it's just, it doesn't actually make you warmer. It, it just tricks me. Tricks you. I'll take it. Done. 